Welcome to The Read Along. A mini book club for your ears. I'm your host, Scott. I'm your other host, Anita. And join us on a journey through a good book, one one chapter chapter at at a time. time. Do you like talking about movies? Do you like talking about mediocre movies? Do you like talking about how you could have fixed mediocre movies? Well, I certainly do, and you can listen to me, Scott C. Bourgeois, along with my co-hosts Greg Beaver and Liam Kreswick, as we give our notes, and I have some notes. You can follow it now on your podcatcher of choice, or support it by visiting patreon.com slash I have some notes. It's a summer holiday weekend. Kind of. Sort of. Yeah. Because all of the (laughs) North American national holidays fall within like three days of one another. (laughs) So Canada Day, July 1st. Yep. Independence Day, July 4th. Yep. So lots of fireworks in the skies around (laughs) these parts. Around these parts. Around these parts. We are once again doing an odd late recording with our kids in bed because of holidays the long weekend (laughs) so if we sound again a little read along after dark that's the reason why because we're trying not to wake the children or disturb them too much at the very least indeed because one of them is absolutely awake right now that's right it'll just be it'll be a mellow night indeed we'll be fine indeed so I guess uh, with that said, we'll we'll cut short the preamble a little. We'll go directly into a recap of our previous chapter, chapter 11, in which Rosie shows up to give the queen a briefing on the various conversations that she has had. Indeed. And brings her up to speed, including a conversation that we were not privy to originally, which was with VJ, Brodsky's roommate, who gives us a little more texture on the man himself. And perhaps brings up even further questions. Questions that lead us into chapter 12 of The Winds Are Not by S.J. Bennett. So Her Majesty is going to take a little walk. Yeah, um, the Queen has put this off for about a week now, based on where she kind of puts us in the timeline. Yeah, give or take. And has decided that she wants to actually go and take a look at the scene of the crime herself. So without making anything official, she like lets word know that she wants to go and see it so that the staff has a chance to like tidy up a little bit and get stuff out of the way. Yeah, the queen doesn't normally visit like the staff quarters. Well, yeah, and it's not the kind of thing you just do unannounced. That feels like basic respect for well, your yeah, staff. The, like, you don't yeah. just walk into their rooms. Exactly. Right? That's impolite. So she does uh, wire ahead. Wire <laughs> seems like a like a weird way to put it. But she, she sends word ahead that she intends to come down that way. And then she takes some of the dogs for a little stroll. The 10-minute walk that it takes <laughs> to get from her quarters to the wing of the castle. Now, to be fair, I'm under the impression that it takes 10 minutes because she's got two small uppity dogs with and, her. And she's very nearly 90 years old, yes. Yeah. But she makes the walk over, she heads up to the attic, and she's met there by the like the head housekeeper. Yeah. Who's... Attic isn't like an apt description of it. It's more like 
the motel floor for staff. Which is in the attic. Yeah. Um, Apparently, we we do learn a little bit about the history of the castle here. Apparently, when QE2 and Prince Philip decided that they liked Windsor Castle and that they wanted to, like, summer there, Prince Philip took it upon himself to, like, get the place a little more spruced up. Yeah. Previously, there had been a lot of just, like, stuff up on the upper floor. It was kind of like a storage castle. Yeah, so I they guess? they cleared a bunch of that stuff out and made it more livable and he was tepid, shall we say, on the decor. Mm. Though the queen was like, I don't think it's that bad. I like he he made reference to it being like a motor lodge. Yeah. And she was like, how would he know what a motor lodge <laughs> looks like? Yeah. And I had the same question. How would he know? But uh at any rate, it is nice. It is a nice little guest area. Yeah. It is it's not, it's not finely appointed like the official guest rooms. No. Which the queen is a little more familiar with because she has in the past like taken an interest in making sure things are niced up for some state visit or whatever. Yeah. So I, this, I is, this is definitely a part of the castle. She doesn't go too often. Yeah. But I, and I got the impression that this was like a nice hotel room yeah. level of upkeep and decor. Yeah. The housekeeper lets her in and she takes a look around and immediately notes there's really nothing to see at this point it's not even a crime scene anymore no it's been like thoroughly cleaned up and sanitized and not reset no it's it's bare like there's no sheets on the bed or anything bare bare yeah exactly and that's a little disappointing in a way for her but she does note a couple things number one she mentally notes that all of the doors do latch from the inside um, there was a time when, in an earlier era, when... <laughs> Back in the day. When things were a little more loosey-goosey and there was just kind of an expectation that your privacy would be respected. But as the years progressed, latches were installed on the doors so that people could lock up yeah. and feel a little more safe. Make sure that their stuff was safe. Mm-hmm. Valuables were secured, privacy exactly. maintained. She does think to herself that that means nobody could have stolen into the room necessarily. Not unless they had a copy of the key. Mm-hmm. Or, more likely... Brodsky would have had to have let them in. Yeah, which means he would have known who it was. Seems likely. Probably, right? Yeah. Number two, she does note the the handle on the closet where he had been tied up to. And her initial thought is just immediately, like, who could have seen that and thought, well, that'll hold a human's weight. Like, right? it doesn't seem like a very good place to have tied someone no, it, up. No, it looks a little on the flimsy side for which, that purpose. Which further points to the idea that it was a very, like, spur-of-the-moment decision to mm-hmm. do it. Hmm. But she's also a little dismayed that there's nothing kind of left of Brodsky here. And she's actually kind of off-put by that. And she even, like, chastises herself about it on the way back to her apartment when she's thinking... Sir Simon would have advised me not to go. He'd be like, oh, you'll just upset yourself, ma'am. And she's like, and I am upset, but I'm not upset for the reason he thinks. Yeah, it's for a different reason entirely. And it's because she feels partly responsible that a person died kind of under her watch. Yeah. In a way. Like, also, he's essentially been erased Yeah. at this point. There's no one here to mourn him. Yeah, and there's nothing left of him here. Yeah. It's like he was never here, or, and it's like he was never anywhere. Yeah, exactly. And that's a little sad it is it points to a sad life and i think that that's what upsets the queen the most in this moment she does make her way back to her apartment and kind of starts thinking about the suspects more Mm -hmm. well and this is where she hits on the same thing that i did chapters and chapters ago now Mm -hmm. why choose windsor castle yeah why 
So there, there's a couple different ideas that we both just touched on here. To start with, she does kind of run through her list of suspects. To be completely impartial, she does include Prince Charles, Charles and Sir David Attenborough on the list. <laughs> but even though she she, she does freely admit that that's, that's patently ridiculous, but she's trying to be open-minded. And she does think to herself, I mean, Charles did arrange the event, so... If he wanted to get someone here to murder, that would have been the time to do it. Yep. But it seems very implausible. He and also Charles left the party early. Left the party early, yeah. exactly. So it seems unlikely that it was him. Even discounting some of the people who it obviously probably wasn't, still casts a fairly wide net, though. Yeah. Ultimately, she's like, you know, I don't know that necessarily Meredith would have done it, because that tryst that they had seems like it was mutual and respectful and... They both seemed satisfied by it. Yeah. Based on what I've been told, I don't think that she would be lying about that. So that really does point at the Peyrovskis, yes, Masha and Yuri, or like their little circle of friends yes. who they had brought. Or it was someone who didn't know him very well. Yeah. It, like it either has to be someone who knew him exceedingly well and had a motive to kill him, but we haven't really been able to suss out a motive. Or it was someone who didn't know him very well. Right? Which points us back to the thing that we've been positing the last couple episodes. Yeah, the theory you came up with. Could it have been a case of mistaken identity? Right? Someone thinks he's someone else, and he is killed in place of someone who should have died. Yeah. Or was the target, it's more accurate to say. Circling back to the thing you brought up, though, the queen also does, as you say, ask why here? If you wanted to kill someone, if you, if you had a premeditated murder plan... Why would you take them to a highly secure area yeah. and do it there? Because it is far easier to kill someone. In an alley. Yeah. <laughs> off the palace grounds, in his own home even. Yeah. Right? Than something that is less secure and less full of MI5 than Windsor Castle. Now, that said, you had come up with a logical reason why someone might do it at Windsor Castle. Okay. I, I thought about that. It's like, okay, so then why Windsor Castle? So either someone has some incredible genital fortitude, because that is a crazy gutsy move, or somehow Windsor Castle proved a very unique opportunity. And that opportunity was? I don't know. Oh, you actually had a theory about it the other day, because we briefly discussed this. Your theory was someone might have done it at Windsor Castle because they knew it would get covered up. Oh, yes, that, that side bit. Sorry, I had forgotten that whole section of the conversation. Um, because to do something in Windsor Castle means it's not going to hit the papers because they know they want the palace to cover it up. Yeah. They want this to not be a big scandal. They want it to disappear. Yes, MI5 is going to investigate, which may or may not have been part of the plan, and it should have been if it wasn't. But it's not going to be a big public to-do yeah. Right? Because it wasn't a murder at Windsor Castle. They presented it as an unfortunate death at Windsor Castle. Exactly. So that is a logical reason why someone might choose a high profile place. I like still that. can't attach that to anybody. No. Though. We still don't have a motive. No. Now, the Queen is ruminating on that a bit, and she does start to remember something. She's oh, like, there the was a hint of a memory. Yeah, there's something that happened before the dance. Before the party. Something had happened before the party entirely, yeah. Yeah, and it's niggling at her. And she's like, 
I remember something happened, but she can't quite land on it right now. Yeah, clearly not super significant that it jumps out at her. Yeah, it was something that maybe was seemed very innocuous at the time, yeah, at which the is time, which sure. is why she's her subconscious is making the connection, but she's not quite there yet. Yeah, um, needs to percolate a little more, I think. Yeah, which is the hint that we're going to get a drip of new information that might add some context to something. Yeah, oh, uh, in the coming chapters. Clearly important, otherwise it wouldn't have been presented the way it was. Indeed. Mm-hmm. But uh, the queen also needs to start getting this mystery solved because her birthday is getting closer and it's going to be a huge distraction. Prince Philip is coming back right away, which uh, in, welcome, but will be a distraction. Tomorrow? Is that what the chapter said? Yeah. So like her time to herself to do some some Nancy Drewing. Grows short. Is growing short, yes. Do you think Philip's in on it? This, do you think he knows that she detectives? I guess we'll find out. Mm-hmm. I hope he does, actually. I think that would be fun. I, I would suspect he maybe does. Or or at the very least might suspect something. Maybe. Because of all these all these mysteries that have been solved, you see. <laughs> I love it. But uh, yeah, my suspicion is next chapter we're going to find out what uh, secret task the queen posed to Rosie. Yes, uh, it is. And that'll be what we know about next. Rosie's secret mission. Indeed. So we'll uh, want to read up on chapter 13 in time for that yes in the meantime of course you can always give us a little rating and a review on your podcatcher of choice because that helps us out and we appreciate it we do you can also reach out to us on social media absolutely we are on twitter instagram facebook and goodreads we are at the read along for most of those so we're pretty easy to find indeed you can also send us an email oh 100 percent. please do our email address is thereadalong at gmail.com and with that said bit of a short episode but we still love you very much and we'll see you next time oh i'm looking forward to meeting prince philip again he's a delight Thank you for joining us on The Read-Along with your hosts, Anita and Scott Bourgeois. All read-along music is by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. Cover art is by Aaron Beaver. Be sure to join us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at The Read-Along, and check out our group on Goodreads.com. Goodreads.com